Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. Hump Day edition of KRC, January 25th, 2023. This is Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. A winning Wednesday. UK extends its streak to four games, and we can start looking ahead to Kansas and Kentucky in peace or in excitement or in anticipation whatever it may be UK goes on the road takes care of business and dominates Vanderbilt really from uh, for the final 23 minutes or so 22 mm-hmm. minutes uh, it so was most precisely 2240 yep yeah it was back and forth for the for the first 18 But after that, it was all UK and even got to a point where Vanderbilt really waved the white flag in the second half, which is always, always a sweet feeling on the road. We appreciate you waking up with us. It's going to be a fun show today. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line. Louisville did not get the the snow that earlier in the week they were predicting. All all rain in the Ville. I know parts north of the Ohio River. Was was snow scoots? I doubt the studio was snow, but you can let us know better from your neck of the woods. But uh, it, I, I was I was looking forward to a little bit of of snow. Didn't not going to get it though, and that's that's okay too. So how is everybody, scoots? What's the weather like there? Yeah, Chief Meteorologist Justin Kalen here providing you the weather this morning on Big X Sports Radio here for Kentucky Roll Call. No snow on the ground, as you mentioned, TJ. All rain. So all good on the driving front. You don't have to take your time. Drive your normal speed. Just get to work safely. You heard it here first from meteorologist Scoots. You do not need to take your time this morning. Uh, don't allow any extra minutes. Just just your normal routine. Pedal to the metal. Will be just fine this a.m. And your normal routine route should include a trip into Thornton's. Oh, it always should. Uh, complete team coverage from your local Thorntons. I'd like to thank Thorntons. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to improve every day. And one small skill that I've really started to master since I've regularly uh, been 
arriving at Thornton's for my uh, morning fuel, uh, whether it's fuel in your car or uh, stop in for a cup of coffee and a breakfast burrito or a croissant, um, I've become a much better burrito eater. And I mean that in that there's never going to be like, it, it's very rare that you get perfect symmetry with a burrito. Uh, thanks to the Thornton's burritos, I've become, uh, I, I've developed a talent at picking out which side is going to be the good side and saving that for the end, because then you kind of get all the juices to build up down in there, all the sauce, all the goodness. Uh, I've I really honed in on that practice. Thanks to our friends at Thornton's. That's a, that's a Thornton's veteran right there that, mm-hmm. that knows his stuff. Uh, if you're not a Thornton's veteran and you're new breakfast on the house from Thornton's download the refresher rewards app. And if you're a new member, you're going to get a breakfast sandwich and a drink. I'm one of those people that if I'm subscribed to something or I'm a member somewhere and I hear about all these sweet deals they're doing for new members, sometimes I get a little jelly in my belly and you can get jelly in your donuts at Thornton's. But the the truth is Thornton's gives back to the Refresh and Rewards members all the freaking time. So while this is a nice deal for the new members, uh, people that have been members with Thornton's Refresh and Rewards member, totally and completely free to sign up. They're never going to take any money from you uh the app download it right now and get going it shows you what gas prices are around you and the cheapest and all that fun stuff but they're always they've always got deals uh, where you can get some steals and get back on your wheels do you want another text on into the thorns do you want another zero two four one four fourteen fifty another veteran thornton's move is grabbing if you go grab a sandwich or burrito or what have you grab the ones in the back they're the most fresh yeah they're going to be the most delicious guarantee it yeah, that's, leave a, that's the, a scoot's uh, wreck. Leave the old crusty ones in the front. That's right. Well, fellas, how were your Tuesday evenings? Uh, I'm ready to dive in, talk UK Vanderbilt, but where are my manners? Roush, how was your Tuesday night? How are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm doing great. It was mostly because I was I was firmly on the struggle bus. Uh, the Got a snotty kind of kid who didn't take a nap yesterday. So I didn't take a nap yesterday. Didn't get a lot of sleep, but, but, um, the, the key though, just passing out as soon as the game was over with, uh, other babies slept through the night. So I'm, I'm freaking ready. I'm ready to rock. I'm excited. Got a big day in Lexington today, talking to all the new transfers. So that's exciting. And most importantly, we had a Kentucky basketball game that was this is probably the most stress-free Kentucky basketball game of the season, TJ. Did you did you once again clip in for the Cats, or did you have to uh, just do it uh, OS, old school, uh, for uh, the, the late-night tip? Cats won, which means I was clipped in, Roush. Uh, that means I was, I was clipped in for UK. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. Scoots, how was your Tuesday evening? I know you, you – busy working day for you. You did – KRC and you do spears and you do shows and then you had a broadcast last night and uh so so how was your busy Tuesday yeah not just one broadcast I had a double header last night out at Midway so yeah it was Midway taking on West Virginia Tech it was a fun night of basketball the women's team won by almost 40 and then the men's team won I think six or seven points so got to call two wins last night which was awesome that's always fun when the team you're calling for can win the game. But, yeah, I, I paid for it. I didn't leave there till close to 940 or so. 
So I'd uh, drive, of course, the long way home. But the only good thing is, and I told my roommate this when I got home, the nice thing about my drive is that Kentucky game was on the whole time. So for an hour plus, I was just listening to Tom Leach and Goose getting it done. Having a sports game that you even just mildly care about on a road trip is an absolute cheat code. Oh, yeah. A lot of people will be like, well, I want to. we need to get to wherever we're going so we can get there in time for the game. And there's different situations and circumstances where that's totally necessary. But sometimes if, like, if it's the biggest game of your team season, it's a different story. But uh, having, having a game that you care about to some degree doesn't necessarily always have to be your team. It is amazing to have those two hours or however long you're you're tuned in. Uh, if it's a football game, sometimes four hours. Uh, it, it is a road trip cheat code, and the drive back to Midway to Southern Indiana. That, yeah, that that that's not that's not just a trip down the road. So, uh, and and Leach and Goose I, hearing the highlights. I didn't hear their broadcast obviously because I was watching the game on television. But hearing their highlights sound like they called a good game and and were in a great mood. Because how could you not be watching UK last night? Yeah, no doubt. I I did the thing, too, where I pulled in my driveway, and I was like, holy crap, I'm already home. So shout out to to Leech and Goose. uh, The the year the Cubs won the World Series, those games were on quite often at night during my – that that drive right from Lexington to Louisville, uh, back from football stuff. And so, yes, normally not a – like TJ said, just a mild interest in it. We'll get you locked in for the whole drive. And Scoots, it's it. You got to hear it, but you didn't get to see it. And um, man, that was it. It was beautiful basketball. The prettiest, uh, prettiest game Kentucky's played all season. The backdoor cuts, TJ. Oh, mwah, it, was, it was fundamental basketball that I didn't know this team had in them. That it was it was a thing of beauty, and on both ends because. Uh, when you hold a team starting lineup to 24 points, that's just like goofy hour there. That, that's getting silly uh, and really embarrassing for Vanderbilt if you're a starter and you look up at the – and if you take away one of their – I mean, I think they had two starters in double digits and then the rest combined for two points, which is just wild, wild stuff. But offensively, I totally agree with you as well. That was really good for 40 minutes. Well, you know, I guess they only scored like two points in the final five minutes just because it was, hey, don't exert yourself too much. Don't get hurt. And they missed some open shots that just went in and out and didn't fall. But and it was uh, just I, the I, quickest game ever, too. Like that I thing know. was over with at 1045 or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I probably about 1045 when I realized – that it was over, and I was like, "Oh, that seemed like a quick game." And I looked at my clock; it was ten forty-eight. Oh, but it eleven total personal fouls were called, TJ, instead of yeah. forty-two. Yeah, we're Which- gonna we're we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about all this. But I did clip in for the cats, but for my my standards, it's a nine nine o'clock game. I only do the first half. But mm-hmm. Roush, the first half went by. I mean, obviously, to have a quick game, you you would need both halves to be at least relatively quick. One could be quicker than the other. The first half was ridiculously quick. So I almost feel like I didn't even get my money's worth. I was on the bike for just thirty nine minutes and only accumulated uh, thirteen miles, which is you know uh, when I do it for the full two hours. It's on Saturday. Let's see what it was. It was forty five miles uh, in two hours and seventeen minutes. So. That that is that is wild how quick that game went, and then 
but I, I do need to talk about clipping in for the cats because I will not be able to do it Saturday. I need somebody to do it for me. Just flat out asking a Kentucky roll call listener. You need to get on your Pelotron and really for Saturday games, you got you got to do the whole you got to do the whole to do. Uh, I can tell you my strategy. You go, you keep the resistance at forty, and you go over ninety cadence when the game's on. Which is, I could do that for probably six hours. It's not, that's not hard. And it's, you know, it's It's a pretty like average pace. Exactly. It's very attainable, um, but it gets your legs moving. And if you feel like you're doing something worthwhile while watching the game. Now, commercials is where you, you, you get your bread and butter here. When it cuts away from the game, you put that cadence or you put the resistance up to 60 and your cadence drops to 60. So you don't have to be moving your legs too fast, but you stand up. That's why you're not sitting on your bum for two hours. And And then once you hear that whopper, 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 and it just gets you freaking hyped. Oh yeah. And then the chili commercial comes on and and you you feel it, you feel at home. Uh, And then as soon as they get back to the broadcast, the game doesn't have to start again. They just have to get back to the gym. And then, boom, you can bring it back down to 40, get back down to 90. Uh, and it's a great workout. But I'm going to need somebody to do that on Saturday because the Cats have a good thing going here, and I don't want to be the reason that they lose because, Roush, I'm going to be in attendance Saturday. We always felt like, just get through this Vanderbilt game, and then we can start really getting pumped up for Saturday. Yeah. And it's going to be it's going to be bonkers. It is going so, to be probably one of the best U.K. basketball atmospheres in the Calipari era. Uh, and, and we could probably talk about what it will be compared to, but I cannot wait to be at Rupp Arena. Here is uh, here is a suggestion too. I know that we have great loyal listeners here, at Kentucky Roll Call, and I, I would expect somebody to step up to clip in for the Cats in your absence. But if we can't, I do think there's a good alternative here um, because on the SEC Network, we are privy to some uh, bizarre commercials with a lot of weird things on there, and one of them is the uh it's it's the pedal bike but it's not a bike it's just for your feet when you're just sitting there um i know you've seen these but it just it's it just looks like something you would uh almost like the thing that sees uh to see how big your shoes are at the shoe store how big your foot is you you go you pop your feet on that one we could get you one of those to just have on sit down at rep arena and you can just do the little foot peddler to keep your circulation going and it's not exactly clipping in for the cats, but you would have great circulation. It, that's a good point. I think I'd probably get bullied out of Rupp Arena if people saw me carrying that in, getting it set up uh, underneath my feet at at the arena. Really happy. I, I'll I'll you have your uh, life alert, uh, necklace with it too. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I agree with you. I do want one of those little foot massage things that they have on the commercials. That could be a good radio segment. It's just things we see on SEC Network that we kind of want. Do you you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like uh, planted on the ground, and it's almost like a cat post where like cats can scratch their back. But in this, it's like you massage your foot yourself, just based on you pressing your foot against this little ball thing. You know what I'm talking see, about? I, I know what you're talking about, but I, that that one doesn't do it for me because I, I feel like you could just use a regular ball kind of around the house um, for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, probably so. Um, the the one that I do like is the. Uh, the the one where you you put the little plastic triangle on your hangers and now you can hang like six things on one hanger because uh, <laughs> like part of me says ooh th- that actually has some practicality to it but the other part of me is man that just looks like a piece of crap that wouldn't really work and also are my hangers strong enough to hold six pieces of clothing I don't know 
But hey, it's worth a shot for only uh, $9.99 in shipping and handling. We're all over the place to start this show, and understandably so. It was a late night, and also we're just giddy because UK's winning and we're really happy. Uh, but I saw something on TikTok that was, I, I was a sucker for the advertisement, unfortunately. And it was like 96% of people that buy this product stop their nail biting habit, which I bite my nails regrettably. It's just but, an anxious habit. And uh, what were you going to say, Roush? Just who wants to stop biting their nails, though? What's wrong with biting your nails? Because Perfect you, thought. your hands don't really like, you know, not that often people just see my hands and like get a long time to really look at my fingers, but like it, my, it just doesn't really look good and sometimes i'll bite them so far that it's like painful you know i'll have my my thumb kind of pinch in nail biters may know what i'm talking about but if you're not a nail biter you probably don't where sometimes it can kind of be painful so i saw this product and i was like okay 96 percent, or may have been 92 percent, but i was like it it's got that high of a success rate i'm not buying it and it's this little pin it looks just like a highlighter but i did i mean i i said i'm not buying it but i did quite literally buy it (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's this little, it looks like a highlighter almost. And you just apply like the tip of the highlighter to your nails. And it's supposed to give a non-scented but bitter taste if you put your nails in your mouth. And dude, it 100% works for the last, this whole, I started it this week. And this week I have not bitten my nails and they've grown. Now, last night during the UK game in the first half, I did notice I was going for my fingers and it had worn off whatever the little thing had worn off a little bit. And I was like, okay, hey, stop. Don't do it. And I did stop myself, and that was good. But the only issue is, my, and, and it really is the only issue, is sometimes when I use my hands to eat, it will get on the food that I'm eating. Ooh, yeah. it'll, it'll apply a, a really nasty, bitter taste to the food that I'm eating. Uh, but if I wash my hands real good, it'll be fine, and then I can reapply if need be. But uh, making big life changes, clipping in for the cats and and trying to kick my nail-biting habit, just doing good things to better myself as UK basketball team betters itself, Roush. Yeah, that that is uh, pretty – kudos to you. Uh, I I know your hands are dirty, and you probably shouldn't bite your nails, but I'm totally just – my hands stay manicured. I don't – Yeah, like they're – I mean – I don't have nails. I've never really had nails where like I, you could scratch somebody's arm and it would do, it does not, it doesn't even leave a mark. doesn't even leave a mark. Uh, I didn't know you were a nail biter though. Scooch, are you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I, I've scratched somebody's arm and it, no, they get nothing out of it. Yeah, but you all can borrow my pen if you want. I might actually, I might, I might hit you up to, to get what it is because I, I have that issue. I mean, I've, I'm like you, TJ. I've bit my nails my whole life, and eventually it's got to come to an end, right? Like, eventually I want my hands to look like an adult's hands, not a little kid hands. And yesterday I listened, I, I read, like, the packaging. Bad news for everybody. The, yesterday I read the packaging of the box it came in, and it really kind of bullies you because it's like nail biting is an embarrassing habit that people that are anxious or nervous or it, it's, you know, it's just talking about how, like, you know, if you really want to be a real adult, you got to stop biting your nails. And I was like, damn. I mean, it's, yeah, like, it kind of, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'll try to stop. Jeez, give me a break. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. But it, I do like when I'm, I, I 
It's all the time. If UK is playing, sometimes I find myself biting the, my nails. If, I, if I'm doing a, an appraisal that's really complicated, sometimes I'll just sit there and as I like think through the process, I'll be biting my nails. And it is. It's just something I probably should try to quit. But I've done it my whole life. Wow, we're three for three on nail bitings here on Kentucky Roll Call. Look at us. And we're great whistlers and we're nail biters. Coincidence? Wow. Maybe, maybe not. A lot of stuff going on with our mouths, respectively. Uh, All right, we can get into some of the U.K. basketball game, the X's and O's, what we liked, what we didn't like, how quick the game went, which we already mentioned, the foul calls, which we alluded to, but we need to go a little deeper into. But let's take our first break, get a good reset. That was a fun get-to-know-you Kentucky roll call segment there. Everybody's in a good mood. We want to hear from you on the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. Don't go anywhere because we're going to be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. As chairman of the welcoming committee, it is my privilege to extend a laurel and hearty handshake to our new Walker and Roush. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call, here on your Wednesday morning. DJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Appreciate you tuned in. We're on 96.1 on the FM side of things, 1450 AM on the AM side of things. Plenty of ways to stream the show. You don't have to be in the Louisville area to listen. If you ever got any questions about streaming or any issues, you be sure to let us know, and our chief engineer, Scooter Dingus, will be sure to take care of you. And you can get Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. Leave us a rating and review and join us over on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page. Just search for exactly that and join us. And then we've got a little Twitter community where uh, we, we tweet things that we don't want the rest of the world to be able to see. So you can join us there as well. Kentucky Roll Call. Can I start going by chief engineer instead of producer? That sounds way cooler. Do you want to be chief engineer or chief meteorologist? Ooh, both. Both of? But I'd rather okay. be I'd rather be chief meteorologist. All right, you can be chief engineer. Chief then. engineering meteorologist. There we You're go. You're engineering the weather. <laughs> you, you you do it you do it all, Scoots. You're world class producer. Uh, although somebody on the text line said that you you said Indiana is much more likely to go further in the tournament than the Cats. I did not say much more likely. John Spears asked me yesterday who I thought had a better chance to win one, and I said Indiana over Kentucky, admittedly. I did say that, but I did not say it was much better. It was close. I had to debate it for a minute. Mm, not a good look, Scoots. I mean, I'm an Indiana fan, so I, and, I, mm. and I preferenced that with John. I told him I was a little biased, so maybe unfair to ask me that, but I said what I said. Mm. And then the Cats went out there and made you look like a damn fool, didn't they? Oh, they should make me look like a damn fool playing Vanderbilt. The Cats oh, did what they were supposed to do. Oh, but if Indiana beats a bad team, then it's the one of the best wins of all time. Who said that? You. No, I did not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. I heard it. You didn't see uh, me no, clamoring I, I, over I, the win over Elon? 
we'll Elon Musk will be <laughs> sure to get to uh, the text line and that text. Now you're you're entitled to your opinions, buddy. Uh, we were talking a little bit during the break about how nice the broadcast was when I was finished with dinner and we put baby down, uh, turned on the TV, checked out a little bit of the Arkansas LSU game. There's a little bit of drama going into that one because Adam Miller on LSU tweeted like, "We'll see you all in Fayetteville." And Arkansas, like the must bus just turned it into as if he insulted everybody's mother. Uh, they made it a huge deal. They posted the tweet all around the locker room and stuff like that. So I just, and, and Arkansas fans were booing Miller every time he touched the ball. Needless to say, Arkansas blew out LSU. LSU has been so bad since they lost to Kentucky. I'm not saying that that's any sort of causation or anything, but just since that game, they've really fallen off the map completely. But Roush, when I turned on the game, Heard Jimmy Dykes, and he was doing his stupid nail stuff, just the same old Jimmy Dykeisms that we've heard forever. And I thought to myself, "Wow, if he's in Fayetteville, no chance he's going to be able to get to Nashville in time for this UK <laughs> Vanderbilt game." That means we got somebody different, and I was very excited about that. And uh, I don't even know who the people were that did the UK Vanderbilt game on the SEC Network last Dane night. Dane Bradshaw was the color commentator. Um, they, did, f- they did great. They did just the great. Yeah, it was just nice, nice change of pace. We even mentioned in the commercial break. Just no holier than thou. Like, now what is CJ Frederick doing missing a wide open shot? Now, why would he think it's good basketball to miss a wide open shot? It's like, oh, it's such a breath of fresh air to not have everything overanalyzed and just to be able to watch a basketball game with just semi normal commentating. So that I, I felt like we were off to a good start the second that I realized Jimmy Dykes wasn't doing the game and was happy with the broadcast all around and tons of Kentucky fans were were in memorial yesterday for for the game and that was good to see you got some big go big blue chance and cats chance and that's always fun to see on the road oh yeah um it was a rowdy rowdy atmosphere they had two dollar beers until the first media timeout um so it was it, the the Vanderbilt students were excited uh, the Kentucky fans that were in Nashville were excited. It was a it was a fun party uh, down in uh, mid in in the West End, right? Yeah, yeah, West End. The, so was the two dollar beers accurate? Because that's somebody tweet me and saying like it's just normal price for the beers. No, it was two dollar beers to the first uh, media timeout, and then it became normal price. So is that a buddy going to the game? And they were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Are you excited?" And they said, "Yeah." And I said, well, you know, they're probably going to be a bunch of Cats fans. And they said, yeah, we're getting there early for the $2 beers. But then, so I tweeted that out and it got a ton of traction because I was able to take a little shot at Mitch Barnhart, which is always a good time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then I had somebody tweet me that was at the game and they were like, no, it's just regular $9 beers. Well, yeah. So that was probably after the first media timeout. Okay, good. I'm just glad that it was uh, confirmed that that you did get the $2 beers. What a cool concept. What a way to get fans to the game. Especially early, because, I mean, that was that was the part that I was, you know, you, you're not always, uh, it's, it's, it can be a late arriving crowd. We'll just say that for, for any sort of sporting event, the, but especially a basketball game, uh, there's not a lot of incentive to arrive super early, um, just because like what's pregame, right? Like, I mean, there's maybe five minutes of stuff. So like if you get in just in time for tip off, you're fine. Uh, but if you got $2 beers, that's an excuse to get there at least 30 minutes early so you can get a couple rounds um, and oh, kind of have yeah. a bite of it. Yeah, and uh, $2 beers, that, that's probably still above 
cost. So they're still probably making money on that. And then when you bump that bad boy up to eight or nine dollars, uh, the person that tweeted me said nine dollars. So I'll just take them for their word. Well, then uh, you're going to make up whatever you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine from a margin standpoint. Uh, what a what a cool concept. And if the dorks at Vanderbilt can do it, you would think and hope that you could get it in Lexington. But unfortunately, with Mitch Barnhart, not the case. You even got a beer tower on the floor. On the floor, yeah. But the proximity to the playing field. I would have figured everybody would have had serious injuries. It's Too a miracle. Close for for it's a miracle. that sort of nonsense. But, uh, no, that, that was funny to see. And uh, shout out to all the UK fans that made the trip or that live in Nashville and made the short drive over. You guys were heard on TV and I, I think really helped UK again. It, Let's give our takes on the game. I was really impressed with the offense from start to finish. Defensively, it looked like it took UK a little bit of time to kind of figure out everything Vandy was doing. Tons of movement from that Vanderbilt offense. And a lot of times they had five guys on the floor that could shoot threes, and that that is really tough to guard. And especially it's tough to guard the interior because – you can get beaten on back doors. You can not go around a screen the right way. You can get lost on a screen. And I thought I had this guy, but really I need to be on that guy, and that guy's wide open. It was a little frantic defending early on from UK, but two things. Vanderbilt wasn't hot. Uh, just that one guy that averaged two points that shot threes that I'm pretty sure went into orbit before they went down, but then they never, ever, ever touched anything but just nothing but net. Uh Besides him, Vanderbilt wasn't all that hot. They missed a few shots inside. UK's missed layup defense may be the most impressive thing about this team. They're getting teams <laughs> just to miss easy bunnies. I don't know how what they're doing to do it, but I'm all for it, Ralph. Maybe it's getting one good block early because Toppin had one. I mean, that was just nasty early on. So maybe, maybe they're just hearing footsteps the rest of the game potentially so but it was a little frantic defending early on but they eventually settled in and uh held Vanderbilt to 53 points which isn't going to get the job done more times than not Dia was the the fella yeah, he hit his first, he had hit seven threes all year hit his first four yeah it's just wild and none of them none of them touched none of them touched the rim or anything they were high arcing shots they all fell and without his well above average performance than this beatdown in Nashville would have even been significantly worse. Uh, he was really one of the few bright spots for for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt only had one starter in double digits. I said earlier they had two, but just just, just the two one. Two total players, yeah. Uh, yeah, two total players. You're you're right about that. So all around good performance. Again, defense took a little bit of time, but once they kind of figured it out, it was great. They were attacking CJ Frederick early on, and then I thought he really recovered well. I don't I don't know really what changed or what switched for him. Uh, maybe they eventually got him on good matchups. But Vanderbilt was going to do everything they could to try to do enough screens to. I mean, how many times did you see Oscar out on the perimeter guarding a guard, and yet somebody smaller inside guarding a big? UK was switching most everything and survived, lived with it. Uh, it, Vanderbilt reminded me a little bit of like a very poor man's Alabama where they were just going to spread the floor with shooters, but they just, they don't, they don't have the talent that Alabama has. And and I think it kind of showed, but credit to UK's defense. And then offensively, it was a work of art. They just took advantage of the mismatches they had. If they had something, they took it, but if they didn't have anything, they were patient to let it build and one of the best shooting performances of the season for UK. Again, the final five minutes you wish was a little bit better, but 
they they were playing more cautiously and just not not trying to get anybody injured or attack yeah. the rim. And and I was okay with that. You want it to be a little bit better, but you're being really nitpicky if you're going to make a big deal about that. So all around, there's my takeaways, and I'll let you boys talk. Uh, offensively, the amount of backdoor cuts. I mean, whoo! It was just so pretty. Like you're used to seeing this from the other teams. But the way they were passing the ball, uh, what really struck me when you mentioned C.J. Frederick, early on in the year, it was almost like if C.J. touches the ball, damn it, you better shoot it. It goes back to the text that Brad from Bellbrook said yesterday where now that he's got a little bit more rope, he's not just firing up every time he touches the ball. He's ball faking, he's taking a couple dribbles, and then finding the open man with the extra pass. And there was a couple moments. I mean, he, he ended up with five assists last night. But there was a couple moments where, I mean, he was creating wide-open looks for other guys. Um, I, I think he got Oscar a dunk, and then another time Reeves knocked down a three. Uh, the overall, just the extra passes, the team basketball, the backdoor cuts. And then the play before half where they, they call a timeout and uh, draw up a play. I mean – if you call if this happened in December, hell, maybe even not even that far back, the ball pressure Wheeler might not even made the first pass, right in that in that set. Like he might not even made the first pass. Uh, the second guy might have just tried to go one on one. Instead, they pass it to the third guy, who kind of has an open look, but then sees Jacob Toppin flashing, cutting back door uh, off of a, a back screen with nobody on him. Gets an easy layup, fourth option. Uh, just, it, it's it's a beautiful transformation. And Calipari said after the game, like, you know, this is just a part of the process. It takes a little bit longer. Uh, it it might have taken a little bit longer than we like, but part of the process is you initially are kind of all about you because there's like a self-preservation element before you start doing things for others. And we really started to see other teams or the, the, the players start to play for one another, play team basketball. Uh, it, it's not always pretty defensively. They're still kind of scrambling at times, but the team offense, the extra passes, the, the Kentucky offense, the archaic offense, that was not archaic offense. That was ball movement. That was extra passes. They were getting wide open shots, and early on in the year, it was just a ton of contested shots. Jacob Toppin was just shooting like 20-foot uh, jumpers with hands in his face at Gonzaga. Now he's getting double doubles, which is wide open looks. It's it's absolutely beautiful basketball, and just such a stark contrast to what we uh, were used to seeing uh, early on in the season. Yeah, you 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 still want Jacob Toppin to be able to shoot that free throw jumper, and he did, and knocked him down uh, a couple times. That's going to be there for the taking against Vander or against Kansas on Saturday too. But we've got more shows to be able to talk about that, but. Totally agree. It, it was a thing of beauty offensively. The A&M game, or the Georgia game during this winning streak, they just did one-on-one -on -one coverage of Oscar, and we saw the historic result from the national player of the year. A&M said, uh-uh, this guy ain't going to beat us. Uh, he got in a little bit of foul trouble, and it led to UK shooting more threes than they have since 2011. And it, it was great. You know, the deep ball. You didn't have CJ shooting his best performance, but uh, they, they were able to hit enough to beat at a previously undefeated A&M team. Vanderbilt did a little bit of both those. They would double down on Oscar. They would make mm -hmm. life tricky on him. 
but sometimes would just kind of go, they'd get caught in one-on-one. I don't think they were intentionally trying to allow Oscar to be one-on-one, but sometimes Kentucky was able to find him where the, the, the spacing is just so much better with this team over the last stretch. It's unbelievable. And they were able to find a way to make the spacing work, even with Wheeler in the game last night. And hats off to Wheeler. That's what the severe Wheeler role for this team should look like. His box score wasn't anything that he probably is going to remember for years to come. I think, what, he finished with four points. He still missed a couple shots. That's fine. He still led the game, the game, along with CJ, which that was also cool to see, in assists. And Wheeler was out only out on the floor for 22 minutes. Five assists, 22 minutes. Uh, able to get get his guy off the dribble more times than not. He had a stretch really, with three straight to Oscar Shebae. That was really awesome. Really initiated the offense. And even on that last play, Roush, you're, or the last play before the half, you're right. It starts with him getting pressured to Bolivia. It was good defense. I was starting to wonder, like, okay, Severe, give it up. You, 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 can't get, you can't get around this guy. He made a good pass that made the other pass. And then I think, who was it? Was it Wallace or Reeves that found Toppin? cutting to the basket and finished. It was, it was a play just full of good, smart passes that led to yep. an easy two points. And before, before you knew it, Kentucky was up nine. And then the four-minute stretch rush to start the second half. I mean, yep. at that point, the under-16 timeout, the game's pretty much over. Yeah, it was a 7-0 run uh, to close out the half and then a 12-3 run to start the second half. You go get an 18-point lead. In, and, you know, it. As you mentioned, it was kind of tit for tat a little bit in that first half. Um, but they put Wheeler in it uh, right around the first media timeout. And he just, like, I don't even think they showed how fast he got up the court. The camera wasn't ready for it. And then Reeves is just knocking down a wide open three. Uh, he pushed the pace. He injected a lot of energy. He had the highest plus minus for a while. It ended up going to Oscar Shebae, but he had plus 11. Uh, now, there's still the. I mean, the the possession right after he gets Reeves wide open, he does the thing where he, like, dribbles off of his legs and gets a double dribble. That's just – that's the kind of severe wheeler experience you expect. Uh, it doesn't hurt you as bad if he's only playing, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. But it was really cool, even for the severe hate, wheeler haters like myself, which uh, I, I've, I've done my own uh, – it's my own doing to be labeled as such. But, like, I, mad respect for that guy to not – like we said it at the time, plenty of texters said it, plenty of our listeners said it. Uh, he can't just throw in the towel for the year because he's no longer the starter. It took a couple games where he didn't play, but one minute in the second half. Uh, but game three, where they really need him to be in there to push the pace, to get the offense going, he did just that. He delivered. And it, it was awesome to see him overcome that adversity for a big win at Vanderbilt. Without was super. Or go ahead, Scoots. I was just going to say, without having watched the game or very little of the game and only listening to it, where do you all go for MVP? Because that's a tough one last night. Sheesh. Yeah, uh, a texter suggested you and that you and Roush split the point. Uh, Roush, I think, who'd Roush have? CJ? I had CJ, who, man, if he, had to, if he didn't have his foot on the line from one of those threes, he'd look a lot better. Ten points, five assists. Yeah, I, I feel like it'd have to be Toppin or... Yeah, with the double-double. Or Oscar, both double doubles. Oscar, obviously, slightly better numbers, but uh, you probably probably give it to Oscar. I, I I don't want to get to a point where we just overlook fifteen and thirteen as like ho hum. 
for Oscar, it kind of is. I think that's below his average, 15 and 13, which is cra- absolutely crazy. So, Scoots, I think I'm probably going to give it. I think I'm probably going to give it to you. And Talking you, only uh, this one shot, though. That makes a clean sweep last night. Then you you also accurately predicted a 16 point win, which is very, yeah, buddy. very impressive. So, what did yeah, I that's say? Definitely worth the. Uh... The, the extra point. I was pretty yeah. bummed when the game ended because I'm pretty sure I said 79-63 and it was 69-53. You said 78-62. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's so close. Uh, you expect a little bit more scoring. Probably would have been if Kentucky didn't really take their foot off the gas, but uh, also it, it, we could have maybe played another half before Vanderbilt was going to get to 62 points with the way they were playing and, and the way UK's defense was locked in. Calipari was just as excited as everybody else was with Wheeler's big game or not even – I don't think big game's the right word, but just nice turnaround game for him. Yes. said he yes. kissed him afterwards, got yeah. really smooched him. Yeah, gave him, gave him a smooch. Between, I didn't see it, though. I wanted the like the DeAndre Liggins cutaway with him smooching him. That's true. He's, he's smooched people before. Uh, he's just Italian. It's, don't worry, he's just Italian. But between, you know, kind of assaulting Holly Rowe and now smooching his players, should we keep yeah. an, Should we get maybe HR at the UK basketball? Facility? He just completely ditched Alyssa Lang at halftime. Too. Yeah, I didn't love that. Like, uh, like and, do, you, do the halftime interview, Cal. Do the halftime interview. And he, you could see he, like, intentionally just sprinted off the floor. But I do wonder, he is so superstitious that I wonder if he's just like, hey, I haven't really been given these halftime interviews the time of day. Uh, I've been really quick with them. What if I just completely ignore them and just move on from them? But halftime reporters, I don't want to say they have a tough job, but there's there's just a few things they have to hit. And one of them is the halftime interview. So when you don't give them the opportunity, it's putting them in a tough spot. So I wish he would not do that well, and he would just take 30 seconds to do an interview. But but that was I, I didn't love that from Cal. But, of course, well, that's not a huge deal. Alyssa Lang, though, she's a vet, and uh, she actually had a nice viral moment this year, and she figured it out with Mike Leach, though, um, where you just kind of walk with him as he's walking to the locker room, and that was where we got the coffee uh, clip of him. That's what she she just needed to, uh, and I'm sure she was kind of in proximity, uh, but I think that's got to be the move, right, is just kind of do a walk and talk with Cal. Just walk and talk. He can talk while he's getting on his way to the locker room. I'm a Alyssa Lang fan. If we're being yeah, I, I'm 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 a big fan as well. I think she's uh, pretty funny. She's good following Twitter, and um, I I don't know if you follow her fiance too. He's he's a good follow as well. Tampa Bay Trey is uh, oh. is on Twitter. He's a PFF guy, big big football nerd. She's she's engaged. Yes. Yeah. So nice performance for UK. The winning streak continues. And a lot to like. Let's head on over to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1455. Oh, actually, before we get to that, we mentioned how quick of a game it was. Vanderbilt, one of the best defensive non-fouling teams. I had mentioned yesterday that, it, you know, you got to make your free throws. It's going to probably be a lot of free throws. No, no, totally and completely wrong. What, UK only finished shooting two free throws, I believe. Um, which is wild, absolutely wild. Yeah, against, it's not two free throws. <laughs> against Georgia on Saturday, the two teams combined to shoot 57 free throws. 57, big number. And then just a few days later, Vanderbilt figured out their defense. 
decided, you know what, we shouldn't foul so much, and instead, in the game, combined for 14 free throws between the two teams, just two coming from UK. Uh, nice that Kentucky can win a game, Roush, shooting 50% from the free throw line. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to do that all that often, but they get away <laughs> with it last night. One of two. Yeah, 11, 11 total personal fouls called. Pretty pretty nice when there's not a 1,000 stoppages. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw people on Twitter kind of debating, like, I, I I don't care that, you know, UK only shot two free throws. I'd much rather a game be called that way than foul fest. While I do agree with that, at the end of the day, I just want consistency. And these refs had made up their mind once the game got in, got out of hand that Vanderbilt could do no wrong. And it was a clear attempt by officials to try to level the game out a little bit. And I have no doubt in no doubt in my mind that if Vanderbilt did make a big run, which I thought they were going to make a run and it never really happened, but there was no doubt that if Vanderbilt would have cut it to six or cut it to five or somewhere in that ballpark, that the foul count would have started to even out because college officials are just so freaking predictable. So I still didn't love it, Roush. I still just get a little bit annoyed with that stuff. But yes, I'd much rather have an hour and 40 minute game without a review every two seconds and a little ticky-tack foul here and there. So I do prefer that, but I, but it is just, like, it still is poor officiating. It's just a different type of poor officiating. It's quicker officiating. So you're right. If it is, if you're going to have bad officiating, allow it to be quicker, but well, it still is not, like, it's not good. I just, my thing is I don't want it to be against a, I, I don't want to let them play against teams like Tennessee, right? Like that, That's the team you don't want. Now, if it, in this Kansas game on Saturday, Ideally, that's not the case because they're very thin. So if they get into any bit of foul trouble, like they're toast. But at the same time, uh, the the pace of play, these teams are going to get up and down on Saturday. I wouldn't mind if they just let them, let them play a little bit, right? Because that, that's just more of a fun basketball product. Um, for a primetime game that's probably going to get a ton of eyeballs, first Saturday without football in a good long while, uh, ESPN's really hyping it up. These are two blue bloods. So it'll get a big audience. I wouldn't mind if they let them play Saturday. I'm down. I'm down for that. And just be be consistent, though. If you are going to do the stupid yes. ticky tack, you know everything's a foul. Then you got to be consistent with that because players need to know what they can get away with and what they can't get away with. But if you're going to allow teams to play, then allow them to play for 40 minutes. If one team gets up a lot, don't be like, "All right, well now we'll start calling it on the other end." Shucks. Um, but it at least it was a quick game for a nine o'clock start. That's that's uh, that's the way that it should be. And Kentucky just took care of business, didn't allow the officiating or the fouls or anything like that to impact them and just did what they needed to do and took care of business. Uh, let's head on over to the Thornton text line. Just as a heads up, these earlier texts are not going to be from the game. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll probably somewhere an hour or two, we'll get to, to some of the game. Get back texts. to it. Yeah. So and a little palate cleanser, if you will. A texter says, Danny's wife was a Rockefeller. No idea what that's referring to. Full House. I don't know if that's in reference to Vanderbilt. Full House. Vanderbilt. Oh, oh, oh Full House. <laughs> was she really? I don't know. Uh, that's, that's a good joke. I like that joke. She did that's die how in they, a drunk they driving accident, which was, I was like, that's just pretty detailed TV death to explain and very like morbid. Well, you know, it was the 80s, and they were trying to get a point across. Also, you know, drug driving is the new 
Texting and driving is the new drunk driving. Is there what the cash? There are some other TV shows that have like, I, mean, I guess there's a lot of them that have very, but that's like a fun family show, you know. But what was that yeah. other one where the people have like the adopted kids? Seven Heaven, not Seven Heaven. Seventh Heaven, yeah. Seventh Heaven. I don't, I don't. I were don't, they adopted though? I thought they I were all their they kids. Adopted. Yeah. I thought one um, of the kids was adopted. That guy turned out to be a big creep though. <laughs> he did. I, I remember there's one episode where like they they find marijuana and the mom's like, well, it's not the end of the world. And then the dad like almost physically beats her. Well, um, like thinks about divorcing her because he finds out she tried marijuana in college. <laughs> Speaking of which, it is Wacky Wednesday. Hey. A texter, Kirby, says, so they're really going to give us any relief on that South Carolina. They're not going to give us any relief on that South Carolina loss, are they? Down two starters, but that's not going to matter for the Cats. It yeah. doesn't seem that way, Kirby, unfortunately. That's uh, how it works, man. Quad fours are just – they're going to knock you down to, a seed line or two. You still needed to win that game. And it was a terrible, terrible start from UK. And they kind of clawed back and, and, and played much better after the terrible start, but still just wasn't able to do enough. Yes, down two starters needs to at least be acknowledged, but it's a bad loss. It should hurt Kentucky a bit, but – I don't get these people that have UK in the last four in. It just doesn't it, – it doesn't yeah, really yeah. add up. Well, and the thing is, though, is when you just keep winning, the eyeball test will eventually start to benefit Kentucky. And, you know, the now is the perfect time to go on a run and get some confidence because your best teams – like all of your – I think there's seven quad one games in February, right? Like that. that's where you just – you know, you win five of those, then I, I think you're kind of more than overcompensating for that loss. You just take care of business. Keep winning. Just you, you can even – you don't have to win all of them. You can afford some losses. I, I would – I think it would be in UK's best interest to have those losses on the road. Uh, but just, just, keep, just keep taking care of business. The resume and stuff is going to work out. I think it's much more likely UK is closer to – a four, five, six seed, and I know that's a wide margin, but a four, five, six seed come selection Sunday than they are one of the last four teams in when it's all said and done. With the trajectory this team's on, with the way that they're playing, with the way the schedule sets up, as Roush mentioned, with some resume-building wins, I think it's more likely that that they're, again, not the one or two seed in Louisville that like we all wanted in the preseason, but in a fine position where it'll just March will just come down to matchups this year. You're seeing teams, you're seeing top ten teams lose at home. You're seeing teams lose to bad teams. It's it's been a wild season. The tournament will be no exception. Just get in, cross your fingers for a good for a good bracket for for favorable matchups, and then you'll take care of business. But there's so much basketball left to be played. I'm still not at the point where I'm getting worked up about bracketology. Although I'm starting, like I'm, I think something kind of stinks with these bracketologists and I, I don't know if it's just to drive attention. Um, but it, which I think it, some it, of it cares. is, I mean, it's yeah. January and not, not most people don't care right now. <laughs> Lenardi moving Duke up after losing at Virginia tech and putting them a five seed is just bad. Like there's like, get, get your Twitter account hacked again uh, because that is just stupid. But again, too early to be getting worked up about it as I get worked up about it. Oh, should we uh, end hour one? I think we should. Sure. How about me? We're, we'll do that. We'll come back. A lot of text in hour two. Uh, maybe we get to a football topic or so. I'm not I'm not 100% sure where the show will go, but 
That's the beauty of the Thornton sex line. Y'all drive it. So we'll come back. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call returns. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We appreciate you tuned in dialed in listening to krc tacos burritos quesadillas scientifically proven to be tastier after uk basketball wins stop by salseritas today and find out for yourself they've got it going on at salseritas there are two locations middletown st matthews people driving from all over to see what the fuss is about and they're leaving full stuffed and happy Download the app today, save time, save money, and get yourself to one of their two locations in town. Hands up. We had something go down last night that I feel like the KR, the Big X, Dugan, Roush, myself, and Trevor, we jinxed you, Scoots. We jinxed you. Eastern Michigan was having the game of its life. Mm -hmm. Big time dogs. Who were they? Twenty point dogs. Holy Toledo! Yeah, Uh, the uh, one of the the top scoring team in the MAC. We started talking about it. We were we were having fun. It looked like Eastern Michigan was going to get their fifth win. And I think if Eastern Michigan gets to five, the the bet's over for all intents and purposes. I just cannot imagine a scenario where UofL basketball wins five games this year. Four seems probably unlikely. I still think you're probably okay, Scoots. Four seems most likely unlikely for UofL, but maybe not impossible. They've got – really, we'll probably have a good idea. UofL's next four games, I don't know if they're winnable or not, but they're probably some of the easiest that they're going to get. Sure enough, in the second half, Eastern Michigan up double digits. Toledo chips away, chips away, chips away ends up winning the game eastern michigan still stuck at four wins scoots yeah thanks guys that's that's all i have to say thank you i was well i, I saw the initial text looked at the score they were up I don't, I don't know i think 14 15 points and then i went back to calling my game we had a timeout like five ten minutes later pulled up my phone they're down two i'm like what in the hell happened so i i will partially take blame scoots because so i have somehow um, YouTube TV, it's very smart, right? It uh, it memorizes kind of what you watched and it presents it for you. And so I, I have watched a couple of Eastern Michigan games this year. And so now every time they play, it's it's like the suggestion, right? Like that's the first thing that's on. And I'm just like, okay, I'll see what the score is before I kind of click around. And I just hear the CBS Sports Network guy who – you know, I'm not going to give him crap for it either because I'm sure he's not used to seeing stuff like this. But he's like, 
Uh, just an unbelievable performance by Imani Bates. What, not, nothing like we've ever seen before. I'm like, all right, okay, chill out, buddy. It can't be. Bates had 29 straight points in the first half. He just, 29 straight points. It was, it really was that unbelievable. He scored 29 straight points, helped build that lead, ended up with 43 on the night. Uh, and some other guys got involved in the second half. They were hitting some big time threes. I think he had nine threes. But the, I felt bad though, Scoots, because watching it, you could just see the. You knew it was coming because they were. Uh, how do I put this? Uh, they were definitely the worst team. Like they were just getting, like they were hitting a bunch of contested threes. Uh, and Toledo was just playing better team basketball. Their shots weren't falling. Once they started falling, I knew it was going to happen. But Bates, give him credit, man. He had a three that tied it. With, uh, I don't know, 45 seconds left or something like that. But ultimately, just wasn't enough. They, they just, they're a bad team. They're coached by a bad coach and Stan Heath. It's just, yeah, not good. Oh, real bad team. They're, they, and it's going to be so fitting when the best worst bet ever made between me and Trevor. We, I mean, we literally couldn't have picked two worse teams than we picked. It's going to be real fitting when Eastern Michigan loses out. Louisville finds a way to somehow win two more games, and we end up freaking tying. And you push. <laughs> That's how I see this thing playing out. I can't help but think that, like, conference tournament's going it, to – something's going to – something weird's going to happen in a conference tournament could for screw me. one of these teams. Where, like, Eastern Michigan – they'll be tied going in, and Eastern Michigan will win a game, but L won't. Or Eastern Michigan will be up one, and then all of a sudden L will win a couple games. But the thing, Scoots, you got to keep telling yourself, and it's 100% true, L is horrible. They're terrible. Like Eastern Michigan's really bad, and they're playing bad MAC teams, and they're 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 not good. No 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 doubt about it. But U of L is a total mess. It's one thing after another with their program. Did you see what they were all worked up about yesterday, Roush? Uh, no, I did not. Kenny Payne talking about their new player, Akorafor, uh, uh-huh. who they they got from Nigeria, said that he watched. Jordan Nora and knew about U of L and uh, that's part of the reason why he wanted to go there. I think the only other school that was recruiting him though, was Oral Roberts, which like, uh, yeah. uh, of course you're going to jump on the U of L if they, if they want to bring you in, but he's totally eligible to play instantly, which is a really kind of weird, unique situation. But anyways, they were asking about him. Media was asking about him and, just saying, you know, what is he bringing to the table? His highlight tapes looks like he's a physical player. And Kenny Payne was raving about him, saying, yeah, he's physical. He takes everything, he, every practice possession. He's try, you know, he's trying really hard. He's talking. He's getting after other guys. And Kenny Payne had the quote, something along the lines of, the other players are actually laughing sometimes with how hard he's playing and, like, with how, how serious he's taking all this. And so U of L fans, of course, have jumped onto that quote, why are players laughing at somebody playing hard? Which I do think is, you know, a weird way to describe it. I took it as like, hey, he's acting like he's been with this team for since day one and that he's been in the program for a couple years. And some players just kind of find that funny because you don't normally have newbies coming into practice, you know, hollering out at people and saying where to go, what to do. Uh, but it's also like when you only have two wins on the season 
it's not hard for a fan to hear that quote and be like, oh, players are laughing at another player playing hard. So now they're all worked up about that. And it's just, they're, they're not good. I don't think they are going to get four wins on the season. I think maybe they get one more. But it's going to come down to the wire, and Scooch, it could have given you some serious breathing room had Eastern Michigan found a way to pull it off. Here's why I am nervous, TJ. I'm not sure if you're aware, but only eight MAC teams make their conference tournament. So Michigan, Eastern Michigan will not play in the conference tournament, and Louisville will finish last place in the ACC, so that means they're going to play the 11 seed in the first day of the tournament, which... 11 seed could be a winnable game. So there that I'm already counting 3 there just just for that one. Sketchy. Yeah, I mean they're still probably going to lose that 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 game to the 11 seed. That being said, you're right like and then they'd play what the 6 seed the following day if even yeah. if they did pull the up, upset off. So you wouldn't have to I don't think you'd have to worry about two wins in the AC tournament. But yeah, wow. I, I either had forgotten or not known. I don't think I knew that the Mac only had 8 teams. I do the Jerome every year, which is a good time, but uh, I, I, will, I won't be picking either Eastern Michigan or U of L. So is Eastern Michigan? They got to be last in their conference. Oh God, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, I think they've won one there? conference 12? game. How many are in the MAC? Twelve. Uh, I want to say eleven. Okay. Hey, you know, just get hot at the right time. Man, we'll see. It's so funny to me that Louisville fans are freaking out over that. Of course they were. I mean, of course. But, like, if you can't – but, you know, it, I mean, Kentucky fans have freaked out about similarly, similarly dumb things. But when you are when you don't really have basketball to look forward to, then focus goes on other things. That's it, true. It goes That's on true. quotes. You overanalyze everything. And it's, it's not a fun position to be in. And thank the high heavens that UK has turned around this season because we'd probably be doing some of the same stuff. We, you know, yeah, we'd be doing, yeah. Maybe not – Because, like, that. everybody has the scout team All-American that you kind of bust their balls over. I mean, that's just – I don't know. Yeah. It's what happens. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the Thornton's text line. Scoots, that was a that was a jinx, a big time, and Trevor's probably probably very pleased. Uh, but I still think you'll you'll be okay. Yeah, I don't want to uh, hear any more jinxy cat comments out of you all if I say something in the future. Well, you got to hit it back with a reverse jinx. I su- I successfully RJ'd the UK game last night after pointing out that now UK has won what is it seventeen straight. Or whatever the 14. number, not seven. 14, 14 whatever the whatever no, 14. number is. Something ridiculous. But I I, I I picked Vanderbilt. I went I took points away from myself. That's called an a reverse jinx, an RJ. And you didn't even try an RJ last night. That's true. That's a simple true. Eastern Michigan's gonna blow it, probably would have done it. Well, I'll and keep that in mind it. in the future. I I don't I'm not a big reverse jinx guy, so I'm not really all that versed on how they work. So thanks for the advice. You're learning. You're learning. Uh, Roush, what were you going to say? No, no, nothing. I'm just I'm not a reverse jinx guy. That's how I win any bets is just reverse jinx. <laughs> a texter says, Scoots are uh, – no, where, where are – no, I, I skipped a few. Roush is all over the place with names this morning. Get some sleep, bud. Well, it sounds like last night you did. But, yeah, you were in, you were in rare form yesterday morning. Yeah, I was – I was a uh, – you My probably face. don't even like remember a thing about the show. Oh yeah, yesterday is kind of blurry. Not gonna lie, <laughs> it happens. That's the dad life, buddy. Uh, oh. In Colorado for three, or somebody tweeted this to us, but I wanted to bring it up on the show because it's a, there's a 
a short, funny story. In Colorado for three years, I lived in Colorado for three years. I'm in Boise now. Nothing makes me laugh more than kids skiing down the mountain while screaming or crying. I saw it three times in one day a few weeks ago. That is hilarious. Uh, and I was at one point the kid screaming or crying down the mountain. Uh. When I go to Colorado, I've been to Colorado since this incident. But the first time we ever went, I was an okay skier, but I was in seventh grade. Roush, I missed a CSAA city championship game because we had this Colorado trip planned. Oh, wow. Could you imagine me doing that? No, no, I cannot. We we looked into other flights. We looked in, like, we tried to do everything we could so I could play in my basketball game and still go. But it was just poor planning. And unfortunately, like, I just, I couldn't go. And our team lost on a last second shot, too. Oh, man, that's brutal. It is brutal. I feel and like I was not our best player, but I was definitely one of our three best players. And we would have easily won had I not gone. And I really blew it for the team. And my mom, even she went to the game and she was calling and giving me updates. This was before text messaging. She was calling and giving me updates. And she said, hey, you guys are up seven. There's three minutes left. I I had to get out of there. And then I didn't know that we lost until I saw it on AIM where like somebody had posted a away message being like, can't believe we lost. So I called that person. They were like, yeah, we lost on a last second shot. And I eventually saw the tape of it. It was heartbreaking. Anyways, that's not the story. When I was in Colorado, things only got worse for little TJ, seventh grade TJ. My brother and his uh, douchey friends tricked me down a black diamond where they were like, all right, we're going to go down this one. This one's a really fun one. And like, I, I didn't know if I didn't know it was a black diamond or I was just taking their word for it. So they were like, TJ, we want to see you do that thing where you kind of like kick up some snow. So like I went down, kicked up some snow, and I looked back and realized they all were just like turning around. They had not like made the initial descent down the slope, and instead they were going down another one. And I was like, what? And then I, you know, I go, I turn this corner, and it is just like this, the steepest drop I've ever seen with moguls all over it. And I... I was just like the, probably the maddest I've ever been, uh, started to cry. Naturally. I tried to get down the most I can, but like, I couldn't, I couldn't go at all without just going super fast. So I eventually just had to take my skis off and go down my butt. And that was still like even too fast. And I was like getting hurt and like snow was getting all in places. It shouldn't be going. And luckily this couple, going down and they saw me and realized that I was in a really bad way and I wasn't even halfway down the mountain. And they were like, the, the best thing you can do is put your skis on. We're going to help you down. We'll coach you and also kind of hold on to you. And thankfully they did. Otherwise, who knows? I probably would have died, would have hit a tree or something. And I've never in my 31 years of life seen my dad more mad at my brother after I stormed back into the cabin and like threw my skis down. Jonathan tricked me down a black mountain with his friends and I'm hurt and blah, blah, blah. My dad just like ripped into my brother. My dad's one of the nicest guys in the world. He very rarely gets vocally upset and angry. Because it's dangerous. It's not just like a typical prank. Like that's <laughs> yes, pretty scary, was, right? Like when you get it, going faster than you expect, then a slow like that's you can die. Like you can break yeah. your neck and die. You can get a concussion. You can break something. Uh, very, very mad at my brother. And to this day, I've been uh, spitting in my brother's drinks at re- as for revenge. So um, Johnny, <laughs> that was not a cool big brother move. Uh, that was easily the. I, I'm lucky I didn't <laughs> give up skiing after that. Yeah. 
So, so texter from Boise, that was me at one point. Glad, so. glad you shared that story, though. Yeah. Uh, texter says, this from Kirby, holy scoots going on record with Indiana having a better chance at a championship than Kentucky on Spears. Just this we season. That. I disagree with him, by the way. Scoots wants to be Serena's little spoon. I would want nothing more. Would you give up all the money you have in your bank account to be able to go on a date with Serena? That's not very much, so yeah, absolutely, no problem. <laughs> and by the way, I'm big. I'm big little spoon guy. I, I love being little spoon. You're you like okay. You you're not a big. You're not a little big spoon. You like to be. Uh, you're a big fan of being a little. I'm big fan. Being yeah. spooned. I, I don't mind. I don't mind being the big spoon. But yeah, I, I much prefer being the little spoon. Come on. Oh, scoot, 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 scoot. You're one of a kind, buddy. One of a kind. Um, Texture says, after listening to Scoots describe his perfect woman, I realized he is the real-life kit from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Hashtag respect. <laughs> uh, I hate that movie. I'm not Same. a fan of it, but that's a, perfect, that's a perfect reference. There. Oh, man. when he, The way he spells LaFonda uh, to pick her up at the bus stop. <laughs> There are some moments, and maybe I need to go back and rewatch it because I've probably only seen it like once or twice. Uh, oh the man, the time machine too. That just is like a. It just. <laughs> what does oh. Napoleon say about Kip? The quote, Kip. Ugh. Yeah, I. It, it's escaping me right now. Yeah. If my wife was here, she'd tell you she loved that movie. Because she's the awkward, quiet kid, you know. Most like I feel like more people our age, Roush, loved that movie when it came out than disliked it. Like I got accused of just being a contrarian for not liking it, but I don't know. Just like the the dryness of it didn't do do it for me at at the age. Yeah, it it was one of those two that I'm glad I saw it early because if you didn't, if you heard the hype and then you saw it, you were going to be underwhelmed. But I saw it early enough to where like I could enjoy it for what it was. Who's more of an Uncle Rico, you or me? Uh, got to be you. You're the flag football quarterback. So that would make you Pedro. Uh, yeah, vote for me. <laughs> A texter says, uh, "Salt Lake Brian here. Hey, Salt Lake Brian. Hope things are going well out there in Utah. I've never audibly gasped more while listening to radio than when Scoots proclaimed, Can I kick it?' by Tribe Called Quest." Was about Columbine. Are we show? Are we sure he smokes weed? I, I just got my songs confused. Salt Lake Brian, get off me. My bad, brother. Scoots is, Scoots is having a day on the Thornton sex line, and we're only about four in. Can't wait. A texter says, also TJ Mountain Time is the best time zone. Five o'clock basketball games are legit. NFL at eleven a.m. also legit. I, I think I've had that take that I think Mountain Time is probably the best time. I, I would. Love all those things. And then even your 9 o'clock games start at 7, so they end at 9. So even after 9, you could kind of take care of some things. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for that. And I'll be out in Mountain Time uh, here in just uh, several weeks. wonder what UK game will be on out there while I'm there. I'll look that up. What do we got next on the text line? Uh, Arkansas with a pink out for coaches versus cancer. Don't think I've ever seen a pink out game before, but I got to say, I'm a fan. Uh, I think that they, they're one of the few schools that does it annually. There's also a lot of, uh, you know, my, when my sisters were at NKU, they always did a pink out game, uh, much more prevalent in the 
women's college athletics. I know volleyball teams will do it, but yeah, you don't you don't see it very often. And maybe it's because October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you just don't play basketball in October. Yeah, Arkansas just wore full-on pink jerseys. You don't see it a ton in men's basketball. It does happen. Sometimes you'll see pink trim or pink numbering and lettering. Uh, I I do kind of want to see the UK fan reaction if they ever came out just in full-on pink uniforms. Man. You, you, you better win because if you lost and they – oh, boy. It, it would it put would, people in a, in, in a real pickle too because you can't – like it's it's for cancer awareness, so you can't. Uh, that wouldn't stop some UK fans. It's true. Uh, it, w- it wouldn't stop some UK so, fans. I'll be out in Colorado for that Arkansas game, which will be a noon tip off for me, too, for the people back here in the states. Ooh, back in the states. Uh, Arkansas. Oh, we read that one. How can who can guess how many times Ole Miss has been to the Sweet Sixteen? Is it zero? Uh, I think it's once. I think they win in '98. Or 99. It was like late 90s. It was when, uh, what's his name? Mike White was there. Oh, okay. But man, Kermit Davis. Fulman, who, they're not, they're bad. They're really bad. Yeah, this could be Kermit's last year. I remember his first year. I I covered the SEC. Oh, yeah. Zero, uh, one Sweet 16, 2001. There we go. What a year. Who who could forget? I, I covered the SEC media days when it was his first year and just trying to get a U- you always just when you're on the UK beat you try to get a UK angle and I was like has have coaches reached out to you in conference just to talk to you about the job has John Calipari I'm with the UK media Corps. Uh, I know that you all played against each other when you were at Middle Tennessee State and he was at Memphis and blah blah I think they had some neutral site games in Nashville and he was just like no 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 he hasn't reached out I was like oh okay well, never mind. Uh, next next question, I suppose. Uh, this probably be his last year at Ole Miss. And they lost last night, didn't they? Yep. Uh, who, who was it? Was it Georgia? Uh, it was the game before. It was bad. Yeah, they're 9-11 they're and 11 on the season. And they lost at home to Missouri. And I'm not sure. I think Missouri maybe didn't have Kobe Brown. Which you oh no he did play never mind just making stuff up at this point anyways that's UK's next road game will be another Tuesday late one at Ole Miss that's just another road game you need to win the the Vanderbilt road game you needed to win and then down in Oxford you'll you'll need to find a way to pull that one out uh, I'll worry a little bit about them potentially overlooking that game because at Nashville it was more UK fans than Vanderbilt fans. Even if they were going to overlook the game, you could hope that the crowd could kind of push you through. You probably won't have that same crowd breakdown in Oxford, but uh, we can talk more about that game, obviously, next Monday and, and next Tuesday. A texter says, if Imani Bates was any good at basketball, EMU could have won that game. Scoring 26 straight in the half is nice and all, but you're going to have to be better than 43 points to beat a team like Toledo. No kidding. You just have no like you know. Uh, uh, what are the other players? Yeah. that's the well, thing. Their point guard is really good. Farrakhan or whatever his name is. He's he a good little player. Late, and that, that oh, okay. He gotcha. fouled out with like two minutes left. And they, they, what it is is their defense is really bad. And Toledo also like I'm 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 well versed in the football action, the basketball action. I mean, a couple of Bates's points. Were I mean there was one where there was four guys staring at a rebound and Bates is just waiting there for a tipping. I mean, so some of it was on Toledo, uh, letting them build up a lead. Like they were playing horribly. But 
when they needed to get offense against good defense, which is what happened in the final four or five minutes, uh, they struggled and uh, they gave up some. They also fouled two three pointer three point shooters in the final two minutes. Like Eastern Michigan, you're an idiot. Like let let them shoot the three, <laughs> not three free throws, six free throws. The texter says the SEC it just facts more. Sponsored by Pfizer, uh, it, Big Pharma in their advertise that that art uh, Big Pharma. Shame on them. They're the worst. Um, yeah, they they advertise pretty much everything. I can't watch a game of Jeopardy without having like sixteen different. Oh, that's the medical the commercials. National news is where they really thrive. Oh um, yeah, and it's a not a coincidence that national news doesn't criticize when they make mistakes. Which, by the way, they do, and they have throughout history. They've made some ginormous mistakes, and that's why you don't get national news that's going to criticize them because. Look how much they're paying in advertising. They're paying whatever those cable de- or whatever those news stations ask. They're paying probably more so. So you're not gonna you're not gonna say anything too bad about those folks. They're paying the bills. I mean, they're uh, at least covering it though. Like the opioid payout. That's a pretty big story. Um, but when to, we have an opioid story. So that hasn't happened in years. It was last week. There's they're trying to figure out where to spend the money on a big settlement. That's at least the local. I, I don't watch a lot of national, but like that was. In the CJ was reading about uh, Bashir and uh, Daniel Cameron trying to figure out where like a big settlement money is going to go to. Um, I haven't heard anything about that, but I, I, I'm very interested in reading more. So I'll check yeah, that out. Check that out. Uh, but to your point, though, why do we there, there's like it should be against the law for pharmacy pharmaceuticals to advertise. There's no point in pharmaceutical advertisements. If you need medicine, your doctor will prescribe it to you. You should not have. Like it's 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 wasted money. It is lighting it on fire that it could be spent on R and D or making the drugs cheaper for people to use. It's it's ridiculous. Absolutely well said, ridiculous. Rash. Totally agree. Texter says there must be a rule in the NCAA rule book that says the three second rule only applies to UK. I haven't seen it called on another team all season. Roush, you're a big guy. You probably got called for a three second at some point in your life. Do, do both feet do both feet have to be out to reestablish the three seconds, or do you just have to have a foot out? Does it can it be a part of a foot? What's the official three second rule? So that I'm a little rusty on, but I will say, typically, if you're getting called for three seconds, like you, you probably have been camping like four or five times. Like they, they probably call it once out of every three or four that you're actually in there for three seconds. Uh, so I, that's why I, I typically don't get mad too, because they usually miss the first few before they finally get you. Uh, and they'll usually warn you as well. Uh, refs will it'll do, you know, kind of tease you about it. So or get uh, you yeah, down, I, like on the, during a timeout and be like, Hey, you know, I probably could have gotten you on three seconds. Just make sure you're getting a foot out. Uh, you do, yeah, you do I mean, get warnings from officials. Yeah. And I mean, I mean even when I get in there, like, uh, get out of there, like with their whistle in their mouth, like that, they're usually pretty lenient on it. So that's why I'm not too picky about it. And there was even a couple times where I saw Oscar. He was posted up real low and they couldn't get him to it right, get him the ball right away. And, you know, once he reset and kind of got out of there, it was fine. I think if you're, if you at least make an effort to get both feet out, I mean, I don't think they're going to nitpick you if you've got your one of the foot on the line. Well, the one they call, go ahead, Scooch. No, go. It's going to be a completely different topic. Go ahead. I was just going to say the one they, they called it on Reeves and he was in there for longer than three seconds. I went back and rewinded it, rewound it, but then he does get a foot out, but it's only one foot 
And then it's about a second or two after that that the official calls the three seconds. So I was like, well, wait a minute. He got a foot out, but maybe that's not, maybe that doesn't reset it. He, but it, it was probably a fair call he, he, because even before he got the foot out, he was in there for about four or five seconds. It was just kind of weird timing on the call to me. But anyway, Scooch, where are you taking us? I, I was just going to say, I saw something weird last night that rarely happens, and I believe it may have happened in the Kentucky game earlier this season. The LED lights at Midway were not working around one of the backboards, so our women's game actually started with a one nothing lead before the game was even tipped off. Pretty neat. They got a technical because their yeah. LED lights weren't working? An administrative technical, so the other team got to start the game with a free throw. But they only oh, did it, man. so it was weird because they did it in the women's game, and then the guy that brings me to Midway there, he told me, he was like, it's probably going to be the same thing in the men's game, and they worked on it in between the games. LED lights were still not working, but the men's team did not get a free throw to start the game. Wow, seems a little sexist to me. Exactly. Wow, Title Nine. <laughs> call, call them in. Oh, wow, uh, we haven't taken our last break. Let's take it now. We'll come back. We'll get as many texts in as we can, but the good news is tomorrow's show, we can read text the entire show. We will have trivia tomorrow, which will be a good time. So don't go anywhere. We've got one more segment to wrap up here on Kentucky Roll Call. We haven't even gotten into the game text from last night, which well, I guess we're, we have just started to get into the game text. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. In the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, I'm funky like a monkey. Sky's the limit and space is the place. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio. Skiing and snow activities. Go check out ShadyRays.com for if you need snow goggles, ski goggles, whatever you may need. They've got it all. It's not just polarized sunglasses. It's polarized everything at Shady Rays. And use promo code BIGX and check out 25% off. Go there. Go see their website. See all the options they have. It's it's an impressive, impressive selection. You don't get over 250,000 five-star reviews without having your stuff together. And Shady Ray certainly does. So check them out today. And do not forget the promo code BIGX for 25% at checkout. We got more texts to get to. Is there any other little quick hitters you all want to bring up? Or we just. Yeah, I, I got one. Uh, oh, yeah. four, four McDonald's All Americans yesterday. Um, uh, good ball. Rob Dillingham uh, was the only exception. And uh, the folks at Overtime Elite are not happy about it. Uh, they, they He was excluded because of his status. They wanted him to be included it's it's a political thing i don't know either way neither here nor there he was the one exception uh for mcdonald's all americans it's happened a couple of times during the calipari era uh, but i this is the first kentucky native to sign with kentucky that's a mcdonald's all american uh the last time there was a mcdonald's all american a boys mcdonald's all american from kentucky was in 2011 can either of you name the player D'Angelo Russell. Oh, good call. No, it was not him. I get. I thought it might have been Scotty Hobson. But he was older. Um, and Shane Bahannon. I've got nothing. Yeah, Shane Bahannon. Good he, call. Wow. But like, Shane, but Shane was in Cincinnati at the time. No, he was in Bowling Green. He played his senior season in Bowling Green. But 
D'Angelo Russell was a Kentucky in. He just wasn't playing his high school there. And that was like 14. Well, a Kentucky high school boys bat, like a kid that was playing in the KHSAA. I guess that I, would be your. Uh, I think your last one that's like a Kentuckian that was playing KHSAA, I think, is Hobson, though. Yeah, uh, for University Heights back in, I think that was 08. Uh, he was 07 a, or 08. Yeah, yeah he was a couple years older than us. One of, one of those two. But that, that's awesome for Reed Shepard, regardless of what history you want to compare it to. He is a Kentuckian that is playing his high school basketball in Kentucky. And that's a that's a huge deal. I think sometimes we UK fans are spoiled with all the McDonald's All Americans that they have, and you just expect to see UK on at least a couple or a few players in that game. But to have a Kentuckian and to get the credit that he deserves, it's cool to see. Happy for him. He's the lone player on the West team. Somebody would have to explain that to me. But <laughs> Wagner. Bradshaw and Edwards, they will all be on the East team. And that game is in Houston, I think, on March 28th. Dillingham certainly would have been, but you're right, the overtime elite. Uh, there was a really interesting article on Sportico, which I think is like political Politico's sports section, but it's behind a paywall. And the the headline basically reads that the exclusion of Robert Dillingham, a five-star guard, an NCAA-eligible five-star guard who plays for overtime elite, raises debate about what counts as high school basketball and what doesn't. And the way it was kind of – I didn't get to read the article because, it's again, behind a paywall, but I'd really like to. But it almost made it seem like overtime elite could have made it happen but didn't, and they have nobody to blame but themselves. But I, I don't know the full story yet. Yeah, I don't I don't really know either. And do I care that much? Not really. <laughs> I care. Uh, I mean, when you get whispers that he may or may not play at Kentucky, I still think he's going to play at Kentucky. I'm not overly concerned about it. Uh, I'm, I'm interested as much behind the scenes stuff as I can learn. So I am a little bit interested in it. Uh, and I feel bad for him. You know, I, he probably wants to be a McDonald's All-American. You only get one go at it in life. He was certainly good enough to do it. But he won't get the, you know, he won't he won't get that experience. Yeah, I, I do, uh, like I I do believe that o- overtime elite as much as feels like they're doing they're they're trying to do things the the right way there. So I guess that that part is important. And they probably that's why I'm, I'm interested in like why would if if it's on them that they could have made it so he was eligible and they didn't. What are they doing? But maybe that's not the story. Maybe that's not the truth. Maybe that's not how it all went down. But if you're overtime elite, you want McDonald's All-Americans because that's another better selling point. Hey, come play. You'll play against really good players. You're going to get paid a good amount of money. And you can also still be McDonald's All-American. You can go through the high school circuit and stuff like that and get that experience. It'd be a really good selling point for them. So I could understand why they're a little bummed out with the whole thing. One more thing I want to add just before we get back to the text line. Uh, Bam out of bio. Becomes the sixth player in Miami Heat history to have, or I think he's got the sixth most 30 point, 15 rebound games in Miami Heat history, which is crazy. Congrats to him, credit to him. He's only 25 years old. He's 25 years old, and only five more players have more 30 point, 15 rebound games than he does. That dude is a star. He has just gotten better at basketball, significantly better each and every year. I remember when he was raw and just couldn't really do anything offensively as a high school recruit. UK wasn't interested at all. 
Then eventually UK started to see his potential, recruited him, and he has just each and every year gotten better, whether it was at UK, whether it was after UK. Fun to watch. Seems like a good kid as well. So congrats to him. That's uh, an impressive feat at his age, any age really, but especially his age. He's a, he's a certified dude. Certified dude. Man, in it was it was during his one season at Kentucky, you really saw the growth week by week. Um, I mean, his ability to develop uh his post game, his stand up game. I mean, he just got so much better throughout that season. That was such a fun basketball team. Yeah, UK's had such great players in the Calipari era. He's on the long list of them. Uh, you know, you wish you could just get some, like, time matchups. I want to see him go against Julius Randle, both as UK Wildcats. I want to see those guys go against Oscar for a rebound as UK Wildcats. It, it, there, there's been there's been some dudes that have come through this program. Bam Adebayo, certainly. One of the 17 team was one of the most fun teams to watch. Uh, let's get back to this Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450. Thankfully, I put the little X of where we left off, so don't have oh. to. Oh, man, I'm really scrolling up here. Great great text that the Thorns text on. I feel like Lance Ware is what Rick Nash is for his church league basketball. Big force that shouldn't make an impact, but just makes stupid mistakes. Man, you aren't far off. You're not far off at all. Just a physical player, hard fouls. You don't you don't like him if he's going against you, but you, you like his effort and energy if he's on your side. That sounds yeah, like. And I, I'm, I'm definitely, I've toned it down a lot and. Cause like, I don't care about fouling my friends. It's just, but like, I'm, you bet your sweet buns back in the day. It was the, got a scrap, got a scrap. I, and I struggled with layups, but you know what? I could hit the mid range and I was a good free throw shooter. Was, I was a good free throw shooter. So that's the exception. The bigs that can knock down the free throws. It's, it's important. A texter says, Reeves finally getting confident and playing like we expected time to let him loose. Uh, it's been really Seriously, fun to watch him grow as a player at UK. Uh, and he had that nice dunk yesterday, and I was kind of half kidding. Is that his first dunk of the season? Uh, maybe. It's definitely his first slam. It has to be. But he threw that down with some authority. He he is getting going, and I like that it's not just one-dimensional. It's not just from the perimeter. He's doing better putting it on the floor and knocking down some of those floaters and runners. Uh, it's important. He can't just be somebody that can stand out on the perimeter. He's got to be able to do a pump fake and get around guys. He's coming into his own, though, and this team's starting to, to gel in a big way. Vandy going right at CJ every time to begin the game, and it's working. Yeah, it took CJ some time to kind of figure it out, but he eventually didn't be – he wasn't a liability later in that game. Early on, he was a little bit, and it was kind of getting UK's defense out of sorts, but he figured it out. He's put together yeah. some good defensive performances. Not like not great, not DeAndre Liggins esque, but he's he he's holding his own, and that's really important. Well, and and I think just the overall sentiment I have with CJ is he isn't just a one trick pony. That was what I thought when he transferred from Iowa. We hadn't really seen it, but now he's getting healthy. I will say, were you worried when he went off the court in the first half? I was like, oh gosh. Yes. Yeah, I didn't need to see him on the ground because they were, you know, the cameras down on the other end and you could count only four UK players. And it was like, oh boy, that's not good. Yeah. And then even when he, you know, looked like he was in so much pain, he was holding his foot where he's had issues with his feet and whatnot. I, I was, was like, so oh worried. no, this like, is not, not going to be good. Whew, can't have that happen. That was a great radio call last night when Leach was, he said Wheeler went up the floor and then turned around like, oh, there's supposed to be someone else here. And that's what caused the stoppage. It's a good call. Uh, but he's all right. Looked like it was just cramps. Also, yeah. after the game, I like 
UK didn't go bonkers with celebration. Walking off the court, it just looked like a team that took care of business. Uh, I'd like to see that because that was a game. They should have taken care of business. They did. Good to see. Texter says, can we take a moment to recognize how awesome these jerseys are? Best we've had in 10-plus years. I love them. No complaints coming from me, but I'm I'm easy to please when it comes to jerseys. My favorite in the Calipari era were the the Euless Murray jerseys. I really like those a lot. Uh, They were simple. They were white with some blue, or they were blue with some white. I was a huge fan of them, but these are good. I've got no complaints about these. I, I loved the watermark on like the 2011-2012 uniforms. That was yeah. on the back. That was really cool. Had like Memorial Hall and a big mm-hmm. Wildcat. Had the championship years on it as well. Yeah. Those were fun. Those were kind of, that was like the the trend for Nike for a couple of years. We're having those watermarks on the back. Uh, they've They've come and gone since then, but yeah, I like those. Texter says, and I didn't mind the checkerboard as much as everybody wet their diapers about them. A texter says, oh, Kirby, mind-boggling to me, Vandy just picked up their third foul with seven minutes in the first, and they are hacking Oscar every series. He says, not calling them hand-checking our guys on penetration, but calling three seconds. Got it. One of those games. And then he finishes up and says, to be honest, if the Cats can pull off this win against the most miraculous defense performance I've ever seen, it should be a quad one. Zero fouls on Vandy nine minutes into the second half with all undersized players trying to guard Oscar. I really don't know if I've seen a stretch of 15 minutes of basketball without a foul being called. I probably have, but that's what you had. Vandy didn't have one for the final six minutes of the first half, nine minutes into the second half. That is wild stuff. I don't know if I've ever, if I can, I certainly can't remember that, but I probably won't remember this one either. So such is life. Yeah. It's also like I wasn't as, I wasn't as outraged, but man, that Malora Brown guy though, he stinks. He cannot move. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, when they when Vandy comes to Rupp, it's you know, you're probably gonna have Liam Robbins, so it will be a different game, but mm-hmm. you're not gonna play Robbins most likely in Dia. And I think if you're Vandy, you like why would you keep Malora why would you keep that Malora Brown fellow on the floor when you can get the shooting of Dia out there? Uh, I I don't know. I would have to have that answer, but you most likely will have Robbins back. That game, you that return game isn't until March, so it'll be a different game when they return to Rupp, but it still right. should be one the Cats should win. Uh, today, 35th anniversary of sending in Jerome, so celebrate accordingly. Oh, wow. So you should just go to like a co worker's desktop and just break it. Just don't send it in Jerome. Do y'all know who made the pass to Jerome? No, no, who. Sean Miller. Hey, how about that? Got those Xavier Musketeers rolling. A texter says, TJ with the good old RJ picking us to lose to the doors. Keep up the good work, bud. Glad I, glad I got recognized. Glad somebody recognized. Thanks for the RJ. I did think UK was going to win, but I was going to do what was needed to be done. Texter says, glad the Caps are playing well and up by 20. The foul disparity is embarrassing for the officials, but obviously they don't care. And when UK wins by 16, I don't care as much, but I do yeah, agree yeah. that like it you know, wasn't a great officiating job. We just didn't mind because UK won. But that's college basketball, baby. Yeah. I, and I also, I mean, if you're just not going to call much fouls on either team, I mean, they still only called 11 fouls on Kentucky, so – yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't think Kentucky was really fouling. I mean, I think Kentucky was fouling probably what they got called for. I don't I think just, the same applied to Vanderbilt, but again, yeah, who cares? Not also, they it. were, man, that Vandy team, 
it feels like, for, first off, Jerry Stackhouse, every time he calls out, he gets an open shot for somebody. But, man, they are just so devoid of talent. Uh, that I agree. Robinson. Like They were running good action. They were getting to the rim. They were missing layups. In the first half, at least, things changed in the second half. They just couldn't finish, or a guy would have a corner on a player and then just, like, pull up or kick out to nothing. It was uh, it was strange. And UK's perimeter defense was really good. I was impressed with that. I don't know how much to blame on him as a recruiter because I'm sure it's difficult to recruit to Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, you have your limitations there. But I, I do wonder what Stackhouse would be like coaching somewhere else or if it is if it's a him problem when it comes to getting talent acquisition. Yeah, I, I'm not, that's a good question. A texter says on the Thornton's text line, glad the Caps are – Playing, or do we read that one already? According to Scooch preference, 4.78% of women meet his criteria. Oh, wow. That's uh, not married, uh, any amount of children, Asian, black, Hispanic women between 5'5 and 6'1, any weight, any income. That's according to statistical data at realitycalc.com so it must be true i mean that seems pretty accurate because i'm still single for a reason i'm still looking for the one that meets the criteria haven't found her yet so i'd believe that it's only four percent that's a bummer though also scoots the 25 to 65 age requirement you're not wrong with the 65 but scoots said he'd go down to 18 if no 18 year olds were not alive for 9 11 9 11 is the barometer so 21. I guess now 22. Or 20. Yeah. Now 22. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Texer says, I don't care that it's Vanderbilt. That was a great performance. Share the ball. Overall played good defense. Shot it well. Toppin is becoming consistent. Oscar is Oscar. You can see the confidence in Reeves. Perfect amount of Wheeler. And although Vandy somehow only committed five fouls, that's probably one of the better officiating jobs we've had this year. Keep it going, Cats. There's a nice positive text. And I agree with, with almost yeah. all of it except for the, the officiating. But I've made Kentucky- that ball Shot 56%. 56%. That'll get it done. Yep. That will get it done. Gosh, there's uh, just been some offensive performance this year where you would have just been like, no, 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 no chance that happens. No chance UK shoots the ball gosh, that well. No way. Yeah. I mean, man, it was just so. And, and for me, it's just how open their looks have been the last couple of games. Like, that's the the team. That 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 is playing team basketball, moving the ball well. Just – Ah, so much fun to watch. And uh, Cason Wallace has taken steps as like a point guard point guard. You know, obviously he's been thrown into this role because it's better for the team, but there's still kind of questions about him being able to turn the corner, sometimes finding the open man. He, he's doing he's doing all the right things. Man, it's it's that, clicking for him too. That little scoop shot he had, the scoop shot layup, that was freaking cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Texter says, I know we need Wheeler in the long run, but his half-court D is so bad. Frustrating watching his man consistently score. I don't think he was consistently getting scored on yesterday. He's having a tough time, really, with that first step, but he's recovering nicely, and he's he's doing a better job on that end, too. I, I just, man, it, having the turnover where you're just not, like you're looking up and the guy just takes the ball from you. The that's the ones where it's like, hey, but then he got he went and did the exact same thing yeah. on the other end. Yeah, and he went and scored. But it, it is there are parts where it's like, man, you just I I really think that some of it is uh uh is it a focus maybe? That's it's a mental. It's kind of like the yips in golf. He's just having a tougher time dribbling the ball for whatever reason. Uh, that double dribble and then just kind of getting your your pocket picked. But 
I think, and part of it's also, he's probably just overthinking everything, knowing that like, Hey, I need to play well if I want to stay on the floor and just overanalyzing a little bit, but if you're going to make a mistake, make up for it. And he did it yeah. more times than not. I, I, I will say uh, this is very rare on KRC, but um, tomorrow we've got trivia Thursday, a uh, new feature that I'm very excited about, but I have not one, but two takes uh, that uh, are, are a little out there about this Kentucky basketball team. But I think some people might, you know, a light bulb might go off and they'll be like, ooh, Rash might be onto something here. So I uh, didn't have enough time to get to it today, but they, the light bulbs went off in my brain last night. The hamster wheels are turning, and I think it was a sleep deprivation providing clarity for me. The 22-hour tease, folks. You got to love You gotta love that. that. That's how we do it. That's why the journalism school at UK recognizes me. A texter says Wheeler has played a better. It's <laughs> a good one. Wheeler has played a better game tonight, though. To his credit, I'll say this and shut up. Wheeler needed playing time tonight, so I'm glad he got it. But ha- but we had won by 25-30 if he had not played that much. Oh, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Texter says Chris Livingston at the four. Cal mentioned it last night. Uh, yeah. Uh. And, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But Toppin's playing really well. That's an underrated part of last night's game. Is he, he is really just being consistent, which is so important for this UK team. He's being consistent. He's doing the things he needs to do. He's rebounding. It can't just always be Oscar. So, shout out to Jacob Toppin. He's playing well, too. But Ain't no stopping. I, I, I'm Jacob fine Toppin. with Livingston playing the four. I want to see it here and there. Like I said, try it. And uh, that dude gets such an unfair whistle. It, like he he gets he's just so big and physical when he takes it to the Three. rim that he's just yeah. naturally getting fouled, and then they'll call him for like the little tickiest tack touch fouls on the other end. But he's got so much potential; it's just not there yet. Which is another exciting piece of this team. Maybe he gets there. I want to hear what Roush's takes are for tomorrow. So be tuned in at seven a.m. We're gonna have trivia as well, which is gonna be a good time, and we'll wrap up this text line because we'll have more time to do so. So we will see you at 7 a.m. on Thursday. This is Kentucky Roll Call, Big Exports Radio, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Thanks for tuning in and have a great Wednesday.